Hey, what's up? This is Gloria, and this is Women's Only. If you tuned in last episode, you know we went over Roe versus Wade and all of the cases that came afterwards trying to challenge the ruling. Now, today we're going to focus on different abortion procedures. So if you type define abortion in Google, you'll see that it's defined as a deliberate termination of human pregnancy, most often performed during the first 28 weeks. Now, the majority of abortions are outpatient, which means that you don't have to stay overnight um, or after the procedure for too long. It's basically, you come in, you get it done, you might stay for maybe a few minutes, up to an hour or two, and then you're good to go. Before we get into the actual procedures, I just wanna go over the risks since they apply to basically everything. Now, the short-term risks include pelvic infection, incomplete abortions, blood clots in the uterus, heavy bleeding or hemorrhaging, a cut or torn cervix, perforation of the uterine wall, and any anesthesia-related complications. The long-term effects include the fact that it may even make it more difficult or impossible to become pregnant again. Obviously death, because you can't come back from that. Psychologically, it has a bearing on you too, right? It increases the chances of irritability, difficulty sleeping, it can invoke depression, and PTSD. Wow, I feel like one of them pharmaceutical commercials, when they read all of them read super, super fast. But anyway, the type of abortion procedure you get is going to be based off the recommendations given by your abortion provider. Hopefully, you both will seek out the best option. There is such a thing as a pre-abortion workup, which is basically some of the things that you're going to do before you actually get the procedure done. This can include a physical examination, pregnancy test, blood test, a screen for STIs and STDs, and many also do an actual ultrasound to confirm how far along the pregnancy is and if there are any abnormalities. Based off my research, most compared it to a really, really, really bad period with super massive cramps, just basically the extension of everything that you don't want to have during a period happening to you after you get the procedure done. Just to make it easier, I'm going to talk about the procedures in order of trimester. So during the first trimester, which is the first 12 weeks of pregnancy, this is when about 92% of abortions actually take place. The first procedure I'm going to talk about is medical abortion or non-surgical, which basically refers to taking drugs to stop the development of pregnancy. The first drug that's taken is mifepristone, hopefully I got that right, um, which basically blocks progesterone. Now, progesterone is a pregnancy hormone that's needed for the uterus to support the actual pregnancy, and once you take the pill, it causes the lining of the uterus to break down. The second drug that's taken is misoprostol. Now, this actually causes the uterus to contract and expel everything. This process takes about 24 to 48 hours. Um, so it is different from plan B, if that popped up in your mind for whatever reason. Plan B is considered emergency contraception. The second type of abortion procedure that can be done during the first trimester is known as suction abortion or vacuum aspiration. This normally happens between 2 to 12 weeks and in some cases up to 14 weeks. 
Just to give you an idea, in 2015 specifically, it made up to 73% of all abortions. So of the two, it's the more popular one. Now, during the procedure, basically what they do is open up the cervix and insert a tube inside. If the cervix needs a little bit of help, what they'll do is they'll insert these little sticks that are made up of sterilized seaweed. It's called, hopefully I get it right, but laminaria. <laughs> um, so they stick that inside and it's basically used to dilate the cervix. So as it absorbs moisture, it expands. The position of the patient is basically the same as if they were getting a pelvic exam. So they're lying on the medical exam table and their feet are up on stirrups. With the tube inside of the patient, double Y and the placenta are suctioned out. Anytime you hear me say double Y, it's basically my version of saying fetus or baby. I just didn't wanna like make it too one-sided. So it's double Y, but anyway. There are two different ways it can be done. Either manual, referred to as manual vacuum aspiration, where a handheld syringe is used, or by machine, which basically has an electric pump to suck everything out. It can be followed by dilation and curatage or DNC. And that's basically a procedure where the uterus walls are scraped to ensure that it's been completely emptied of double Y and the placenta. Now the tool itself, I guess the best way I can describe it, it kind of looks like you know that wand or that stick you use to like blow bubbles? It's similar to that, but instead of it being like a circle shape that you would blow through, it looks like an upside down teardrop. The procedure itself only takes about 10 to 15 minutes. And afterwards, the doctor is gonna make sure that they took everything out successfully and the patient will rest a little bit while under observation just to make sure they're okay. Now we're going to get into the procedures that happen during the second trimester, which is during the 13 to 26 week period. The first procedure we're going to talk about, we mentioned before, which is dilation and evacuation or DNE. This is one of the more popular ones during this trimester. In this procedure, you also have to open up the cervix. So I'm going to introduce the other methods that can be used. One of them is actually using a device called the cervical dilator or osmotic dilator. You can also take the pill misoprostol, which we mentioned before. You can use those seedweed sticks or you can use actual spongy pieces of material and insert them inside. And all of this basically allows the cervix to kind of expand and make it easier for the procedure to happen. The patient may be given medication to help deal with the pain and prevent an infection. And the position is the same as before, lying on the table and your legs up on stirrups like you're getting a pelvic exam. General anesthesia is given to the patient and some providers may even give a shot in the abdomen just to ensure that double Y is basically dead and it's easier to remove. So in the addition of using the vacuum, double Y and the placenta are removed using forceps, including that curate that we talked about, the little wand that shaped like a upside down teardrop at the top. 
The procedure takes about 30 minutes to complete. And of course, the doctor is going to check you out, make sure you're okay, and then let you rest under observation for a little bit. The next procedure is dilation and extraction, or DNX. This happens between 13 up to 40 weeks. And it's usually reserved for a much more serious issue with the pregnancy or medical complications. So basically when it's absolutely necessary type of ordeal. It's performed in a hospital and it's similar steps to DNE until the cervix is dilated. The next step would basically be that doctor actually grasping double Y with the instrument and delivering it completely except for the head. Now, what they do is they make an incision in the back of the head of double Y and they use a suction tube and try to reduce the diameter to make it easier to have double Y pass through and remove the placenta. I'm not gonna front, I could kind of understand the rhetoric and the use of this procedure to I guess kind of demonize abortion I can I can see why pro-lifers pick this procedure specifically to tackle because the idea of it is a little crazy you know basically you're deflating a head to help it come out so I can understand it but again I'm a believer in choice so let the people do what they want to do with their own bodies as long as it doesn't affect somebody else. One of the other abortion procedures is an actual labor injection. So it's done between 13 and 38 weeks, and it's performed in a clinical setting, so it also may require a hospital stay. The patient is basically given drugs to terminate the pregnancy and begin labor. It may also require help getting the cervix to open up, including the abdomen shot. Now, labor normally starts within two to four hours after starting the procedure, and it's very similar to giving birth to a regular child. The amount of time it's going to take is all going to depend on the size of double Y and the condition of the uterus. Now, if by the end of the labor and delivery, the placenta isn't completely out, They'll go ahead and either reopen the cervix if it's not already opened and suction out the remaining parts. The last legal abortion I'm going to talk about is a hysterotomy, and this happens between 14 to 40 weeks. It's also considered a last resort procedure, and it's similar to a C-section. An incision is basically made um, in the uterus and double Y is removed. With all of these procedures, there are follow-ups. They're scheduled normally between one to four weeks after the procedure. And basically, they make sure that the patient's fully healed and is no longer pregnant. Because how crazy would that be to go through all that and then still be pregnant? Now I'm going to go over illegal abortions. These types of procedures are super unsafe, can lead to death and they cause about 7 million women a year to admit themselves in a hospital. So there are three main types of illegal abortion that come to my mind at least. The first one would be abortions that are done through injury. Now, what I mean by this is there are women who are pregnant and either force themselves down a flight of stairs, 
or they ask somebody to hit them if they don't hit themselves and they do anything basically to cause a big enough injury that it'll induce an abortion. The second type of illegal abortion I'm going to refer to is basically anything that requires substance consumption. So these are women who want to get rid of their pregnancy by either taking drugs, they take different types of medication, or actual harmful chemicals to try to get rid of the pregnancy. Now, the most dreaded and infamous one is, of course, the coat hanger abortion. Now, sometimes instead of coat hangers, actual knitting needles are used. And basically what happens is that the coat hanger is straightened out and it's inserted into the vagina to induce the termination of a pregnancy. So they kind of just, you know, either wiggle it around or some so-called doctor has a specific method how they put it up there and they basically poke until they can't poke no more and try to induce an abortion. This can often cause hemorrhaging, infection, permanent injury, puncturing, sterility, and obviously death because people out here poking around don't even know what they're doing. So I know that was super quick. You probably were like, okay, I thought I was going to get a little bit more, but I wanted to keep it really brief. I just wanted to touch basis about all of the different type of procedures that happen just because I know at least for me, I had a really vague idea of what it was. I didn't even know until recently, I would say within the last couple of years, that you can have an abortion with a pill. This whole time, I thought somebody had to go in there and do something. So thank you for tuning in. Hopefully, this got you thinking a little bit more, and it helps you realize how much of an actual medical procedure this is, and I'll catch you on the next episode. It's Gloria, and this is Women's Only.